Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. podcast with me Aaron aka Coach Azza. Today I am excited to talk with Joseph Taylor of the Total Player about the application of Viper to enhance sports performance and in particular with football players. Joseph and his brother Jake started the Total Player with the mission to enhance the athleticism of football players through functional performance training. Now, the reason that we're speaking to Joseph today is because his social media is on point, and I really mean it is on point. Um, and from that, we've been able to see at Viper Global a lot of cool Viper work that they do uh, with their clients. And not only that, but these boys have a real top understanding of Viper and loaded movement training. So really, selfishly today, I had to make this conversation happen. So... Joseph, why don't you kick this off um, today by telling us a little bit more about yourself, your brother, and the total player? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to, to talk to everyone today. Um, I think the total player, the genesis of the total player was um, our understanding three, four years ago when we started to look at the strength and conditioning, uh, the approach to strength and conditioning training for football performance. And how that method, the methodologies that were applied, even at the highest levels, were very much outdated or very traditional approach to strength and conditioning training. And um, just, and I'll, I'll, you know, we were by no means the coaches that we are today, and our understanding was very much limited. But we thought, hey, these movements aren't, they, they, we're not seeing these movements in football. So why are we training, you know, a bicep curl if in football, you know, we're working in a closed chain environment, a functional, a contextual, so there's an external stimulus, there's an environment with open, uh, open scenarios in which a player has to move. So I think that was the genesis of total player was the realization that um, to train movements rather than muscles. And that led to the discovery of Viper and loaded movement training. Since then, it's become very much the cornerstone of, of our approach to training uh, our athletes and our, and our clients is, um, is, is the loaded movement training methodology and, and, and the whole body integration behind that, whereby we look at training um, no, no single tissue in isolation and in no single plane of motion, but rather replicating the movements we see in the football game and integrating all those things together and using the body uh, as it would in, in a functional uh, scenario. And that's, that was the birth of the total player was um, try to sort of decentralize that thought process of, of, of strength and conditioning that, that you know, delinearize that approach to strength and conditioning training for footballers and, uh, and have a look at something a little bit different. Cool, so you, you're mm. coaching football players um, and but also understand that you're also playing yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, both my brother uh, and and myself were both professional footballers, both players in Cyprus, and, and I play here in Italy. 
Um, however, we specialize in uh, off-season training. So we look at um, uh, the, the problem that footballers encounter uh, at both professional and semi-professional levels is that during the season, the coach's objective is to prepare the team for Saturday or Sunday's game, is to prepare the team you know, tactically, technically, physically, to, to address all the different aspects of, of the game and to prepare the players as best as he can or she can for the game on the weekend. Unfortunately, that tends to overlook um, individual development of a player because we're looking at, um, you know, the, the performance of the team and the cooperation between players, the tactical aspects as well. So unfortunately, you might be training five, six times a week. However, your objective is not, you're not necessarily improving yourself or the way you move or your, your athleticism because you're constantly working as a team and as a unit. And, and, and so, you know, we see the, the, the summer as a great opportunity, uh, you know, a six to eight week opportunity to really dive into, you know, you, the, the, the player um, and, and actually look at how we can begin to progress that player from a you know, physical standpoint and, and, and actually improve the player's performance for the, for the you know, coming season. And do, do you work with, you know, um, do you work with specific age ranges or specific positions? Um, or are you, are you open to, I'm just interested. No, we're, we're, um, yeah, we're, we're open to, um, to all players. Um, we've been very fortunate. I mean, we've only, we only started the business back in uh, February last year in, in, uh, in 20, in 2020. Um, so we're, we're very new, but we were very fortunate last summer to have, um, actually 50 different clients we were able to train. Um, over the summer, despite the restrictions and uh, and, this, and the situation with football, and uh, we actually trained players of all different levels. We were fortunate enough to have some very high-level professional players, but, we've, but we you know we cater for everybody from uh, amateur players to professional players, uh, and I'd say the majority. Well, I do have a client. We do have a client database where we, you know, measure clients. You know, we do some, you know, some testing and we all sorts of different protocols to sort of measure and, and track progress of our clientele. Um, but what we notice is that the majority of our clients are actually younger players from probably 16 to 23. And, and I think that in football and, but in all sports, that's a fundamental age bracket because that's when you can really progress, um, and, and, and see if you can make a living out of, out of football, but you can really begin to develop both as an athlete and, and as a footballer as well. So I think it's, it's, we have a unique opportunity that I think we're continually improving, but it's a unique opportunity to be able to work with these athletes and these and these footballers to develop them as players, as people, and to prepare them for the professional game. If you know, if that is their indeed their goal, um, but as opposed to perhaps working with an older player at the end of his career, where we might be looking at more sort of reconditioning, maintenance, <laughs> and you know, longevity. Uh, we we're fortunate enough to work with young players and we can look at nailing down certain movement patterns and beginning to progress them as athletes as they begin to grow and get stronger. I think it's a mindset thing as well um, with, with that age group. The age bracket that you're talking about is there's that hunger to get better. And I think, is, you know, I think we, all, we all feel it when we get to a certain age. Um, the, the, the drive to get con continually better maybe starts to drop. Right. And um, you, you find you maybe think that's that's a reason why you're probably working with that age group. And, you know, like you say, when you get into that 25, 26 years old and then maybe starting to go, uh, yeah, I don't I don't need to. I don't need to now. You know, the, the gap yeah, exactly. an extra time off each week and 
exactly. I think you've absolutely nailed it on the head. I can speak for myself as I'm going to be 25 this year and I've been playing professional football, first team football for seven years now. Um, and I know that even myself, I'm starting to look a little bit more at longevity on the day off rather than performance enhancement, particularly during the season. Now, unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to work with players during the season. We, we work with players, I mean, we do through our online training programs um, and they're sort of generic standard programs where we incorporate um, ideas and concepts based on loaded movement training. But when we work with athletes in the off season, I think you're right, that age group, that age bracket, there's a certain hunger to, to make it um, and, and to sort of become a professional athlete and to make that jump from youth football to first team football, which particularly in, in the UK is just so difficult because it's just so, the environment is so competitive. There's so many players out there. It's, it's really difficult. So I think those, and I think that's, that's one thing that I love about the UK is that those players have recognized that, um, you know, they can improve their performance. It's not some predetermined, predestined, you know, you either make it or you don't make it. And I think people take that for granted a little bit in the UK is that I know here in Italy, some players think, oh, I, I, I didn't make it or I made it because, you know, I was destined. Whereas the fact that, you know, th through training, we can, you know, the body makes obviously specific adaptations to the imposed demands and we can begin to We've been, you know, actually progress players. And I think that's why we do work with that younger bracket is that they're so ambitious and I want to improve and, and try to make it to the professional level. So why, why do players come to you? Why do players come to you and don't, you know, players are obviously, you know, you've obviously got people waiting in the wings, waiting for you to kind of open your doors to them with that, you know, end of season training. I'm sure you've got players that are, kind of like want to start now so what what like you know why why you why you guys i think it's um i think to be honest it, there's a there's an appeal to what we do because it's so different and i feel like you the in the uk um the sports science is, is quite advanced um you know it's, it's a sporty country football is obviously you know very very competitive in the uk and uh, the level is very very high the standards high uh, but i think there's a lot of people doing the same sort of thing and i think that um, when they see you know people doing physical training but not in the gym but perhaps outside with the viper they start to i mean the amount of questions <laughs> the, the, the messages that we get saying what is that rubber cylinder that you're training with and you're using and you know i'm just it, 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 I'm so on I, there. I'm so psyched to quickly jump onto that. there. I'll write, I'll respond with a, a huge message like this saying loaded movement training and I'll there, I'll explode. You know, that's, that's what I absolutely love. Um, but I think it's the ideas that they're on the pitch. They're, they're doing physical training, but they're not, you know, they haven't, they're not doing bicep curls with the, with this, with this heavy cylinder, but they're actually moving. And I think the players themselves, and we, we can dive into this later, but I think the players themselves see the replication, see the fact that, wow, that movement there with that, you know, red cylinder <laughs> with the Viper rep, I see that that's the same movement that I make in football. That's, you know, and they start to see that crossover. And, and I believe that that's the true appeal to our approach to training, which is, you know, by no means, um, you know, by no means, you know, pioneers of that movement. We've, we've simply um, chosen Viper and unloaded movement training as one of the cornerstones of our approach to, to, to training athletes. But I think that is the appeal is that 
they're on the pitch, you know, they've got their boots on, but they're doing physical training and they're improving their performance. And they're not necessarily in the gym, you know, doing working, you know, in the sagittal plane, doing your usual stuff. Um, and, and obviously we know as trainers, the science behind that and the benefits to be able to move in three-dimensional space and, and begin to integrate, you know, neuromuscle, fascia, bone, skin, everything cardiorespiratory all together as a, opposed to perhaps training those, you know, training that, you know, doing that training modality in isolation. So we know that there are benefits behind that, but to the players, they might not know that, but I think they see the appeal because they see that crossover. I don't know what you, what you think about that, but uh, that's what I believe. Yeah. It's a a really hard, isn't it? It's just a hard, um, it's almost, it can be a really easy sell, but a really hard sell. It depends how you approach it, doesn't it? Because I think as well, the fact that you're getting your players outside, they feel the grass under their feet. They've, they've got, they're, like you say, they've got their boots on. There's that immediate association with why they're, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, exactly. But at the same time, some of this, uh, you know, like you said, like we've got a lot of scientific, we're, we're very scientific in this country, in the UK, aren't we? We're very science yeah. um, And we're very research driven, especially when you get to, you know, top level sports performance. There's not a lot of artistic temperament left in it it's all based on well if i can't find a study that's a blind study that's been peer-reviewed then i'm not going to do that i'm not going to apply that protocol or that application and actually that's where we have um that's where potentially where we have to get over that because there isn't a lot of science around loaded movement training because how do you test that because like you say you're in a Exactly. No, you're 100% right. How do you quantify that? But one thing I wanted to ask you is that I don't know if you've, when you first started training with Viper, but I could feel, I I genuinely felt, and perhaps because I was fascinated by the science, but by, by the, you know, the science and the ideas and the concepts that, you know, pioneered Viper, but I've almost forgotten what it, what it is like. And that's why I wasn't really sure how to respond to your question. What do players see in our training? Um, that you know encourages them to come back or to train with us because we've had an overload of people wanting to come to us and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think I, I forgot, almost forgotten because I'm so in love with um, you know the science and training and stuff like that uh, that I'm you know I see the benefit to it. I feel when I do when I move with Viper as opposed to I mean you know look at my physique. I'm clearly not a bodybuilder, but when I move with Viper. I, I feel so afterwards, I feel rejuvenated. I feel, I feel healthy. I feel fantastic. And so I know the benefits, but I think it's a good question that you, you, you asked me there is that what do the players see that might perhaps don't have that knowledge and all that understanding of, of Viper and loaded movement training, what appeals to them? And I think it is that crossover that you've got your football boots on, you're on the pitch, you're moving like you would in a game. And, and there, there's that crossover, that feeling of, wow, I'm, I'm training, and, but I'm so close to football. I'm not so far away in, in a gym, perhaps, um, you know, doing something that I, I can't really see the crossover because I don't think it really, you don't need to be a trainer to, to see that. That's something that I try to sort of <laughs> transmit to my players anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. Like, the only way they can truly get a sense of it is they feel it. They, they have a go themselves. You you encourage them to 
um, with your, you know, with your story, with where you've come, with where you are right now as a football player, um, and you use that plus your love for, you know, the tool and, and Viper and this specific style of training. I think then you encourage them to have a go themselves. And I think, you know, when they wake up the next morning and all the little muscles that that are, that are absolutely fundamental to them kicking a ball. Um, all of a sudden they're feeling all those muscles have actually been worked, which, you know, you know, yeah. and, yet, and yet at the same time, they're able to get up and, and feel fresh and replicate it again the, the, the next day. I think that's, that's the thing. you know, what they start to, they have to experience the benefits themselves. Um, I think, you You're think right. you know, I think for the listeners, uh, a key takeaway for me is, is, you know, the Viper is a great versatile tool where you can get environment specific. You know, when we talk about the functional spectrum and what functional training is, one of the key cornerstones of functional training is training in the environment that's specific to the person's needs. And if you're not, exactly. if you're then taking a football player into a dark, dingy gym with loud music blaring and, you know, and they're on their mobile phones in between sets and stuff like that, there's nothing left yeah. functional about that. You know, so no, right. and also, but it's also very hard when you've got a bunch of vipers sitting in the corner of a gym, and there's this really appealing shiny squat rack sitting there with big old yeah, and and there's, there's there's mirrors and, and bodybuilders and you know, yeah. take over and they go, I want to get better at football, but I also want to look good at the, in Marbella in the summer. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Right. But you're almost you've done a, you, yourself a good you know you've done yourself some some justice there by actually you know what let's get them, let's get them outside the gym that's a, I think that's a fundamental yeah let's get them outside and do their strength work their performance training outside the gym and what better you know it's a great tool it's a great tool it's not you know it's one of the <laughs> yeah just get in the car and, and go do it no I mean you you touched on three incredible points there I think the fact that, you know, it, it goes beyond functional training and becomes contextual. So it's actually the context in which the player is working, the external environment. So then you can start to get the player to react to exteroceptive stimuli, whereby they might perform a bound or a jump or a movement with a Viper based on some sort of external feedback. And it's all on the pitch. You might be reacting to a ball where they do a, you know, a shift of the Viper and then they, they, might, they might leave the Viper there and accelerate. And so I think it becomes, you know, not just functional, but contextual as well. So they're not in a dark gym, as you say. And I think it also creates a, a new level of specificity. Um, because you know they are not just replicating the movements, the fundamental muscles, but they're actually on the pitch. You know, and they might have um, the ball might be involved. They might have their boots on. They might be moving in you know different planes and stuff like that. And and so yeah, there's the it, and the versatility of and that's something that I, I could literally go on for about for days <laughs> because you can you can do everything from linear to, you know, non-linear style stuff. And, and the Viper just fits in like a, it's like a glove. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, you, you, it's great to be authentic to Viper, right? 3D mm. in its nature, um, you know, but at the same time, you're right. Mm. It has a place, it has a place with everything. It has a place for strength, for, for the, you know, the aerobic or energy systems development. It has a ability and recovery. Um, and we know that through going through the LMT1 and LMT2 and all the other vitamins that have been available over the years um, and, and everything that's out there on it. Um, so with that in mind, you know, let's, 
So I'm, I'm, you know, a football player that's it's come to the end of the season. There's six to eight weeks for me to prepare for the following season. What what is what is your training rationale? What's what's your plan? Your your style? Your methodology? I know we touched on Viper, and you know, give us a kind of a view of do you have like a some sort of game plan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. I'm still very young as a trainer, so I'm still improving and gaining experience, but I started to value when I started to get more clients coming in uh, for this off-season training. I started to value the actual journey that the, that the client takes on with you. And so the importance of perhaps some sort of testing to validate um, your training approach to, to, to be able to validate and measure the progress of the client at the start. So that's, I would say that's where we start off with yep. some form of testing um, and no input there from the coach, preferably um, some sort of testing there that can, you know, best quantify their performance, their, their physical performance on a football field. And, um, and then after that, we look, I, I love to, um, you know, as a, you know, a fanatic of human movement, <laughs> I'll always do some sort of movement analysis and the vipers in there somewhere um, where we look at, you know, stuff from the LMT, you know, the LMT courses saying, you know, look at the ankle, the hips, the, the, the T-spine, the way the, the body's moving. And, um, and then obviously based on the client's goal with me, because every client has a different objective, where, whether it be speed, agility, uh, improved, you know, uh, conditioning, stamina, um, you know, strength, whatever it might be, then obviously I'll, you know, begin to plan the sessions based on that. But, and touching once again on the versatility of the Viper is that particularly with high level clients, I'll have, um, I'll have their strength and conditioning coordinators at their top professional clubs in the Premier League or, you know, wherever. I'll have them, you know, message me or call me and send me their profiles. So their player profiles. And it might be that they have certain stress on the knees because there's a weakness in uh, the hamstrings or they're not, there's no joint coupling of the knee and the hip. And so I'll look at, you know, I might just look at some reconditioning with the Viper and just look at gaining a little bit of coordination. And that's not to be underestimated, the power of, um, of, of movement training and the, and, and the integration of the nervous system or, you know, the neuro, it's not even neuromuscular, it's, you know, the neuromyofascial web is, is everything's involved there. Um, and you start to look at movement proficiency. And I feel like this is a huge area that trainers miss out on is that is the, it's important to get stronger. It's not my, my, my strong point. So I, I'm not going to comment on that per se, but I think people still underestimate the power of movement proficiency you know, that coordination, if we can get the athlete to move better, we can reduce injury and we can improve performance. The, those two go hand in hand. And that's how I'll begin to progress the client over, um, you know, over the six to eight week period. That's sort of our, our plan, yeah. Okay. It's, good, it's, it's good to hear you. Like, I want to touch on the, the third, like that testing. I mean, we talked a little bit offline beforehand about mm -hmm. you know, what testing people do. Um, right, very... <laughs> You know, a lot. Some players, even at a top level, are still doing very, very traditional testing. Mm. Whether it's you know a, a 5k run as quick as possible or something <laughs> like that, right? So, I mean, this is already a loaded question. Um, what what kind of, <laughs> what kind of testing do you do, and and how is it different? I think our testing protocols are, aren't particularly different from what you might uh, already see in uh, in the environment. But our, 
our approach to training is a little bit different to what you might see from a traditional. So our, our testing for a, an athlete is, is quite simple. We'll do a acceleration test whereby they'll do a 30 meter sprint test and we'll time that. And we'll also with our GPS measure what speed they're able to achieve over 30 meters. So how quickly they can accelerate and achieve a high speed. We'll then look at a 40 to 60 meter sprint through, so a maximum velocity uh, run. And we'll also look at agility through a 505 test, so a, a simple change of direction uh, test. That's that's how I, you know, uh, and then obviously I, I through through our GPS, we, we take the metrics, uh, you know, the, the, the data from the session, and I'll plug that in for each client session. Um, for every client so I have a huge <laughs> file in Excel um, but and we'll look at you know the progression of the client um, you know look at the different levels that we achieve during training and I think yeah that's that, that's important but I think beyond that is actually the trainer what the trainer notes the way the client moves and that's not which I mean we've spoke about this before but that's not necessarily quantifiable that's something that the trainer becomes very good at analyzing how how the client mitigates stress ground reaction force in a sagittal bound you know it might be jumping from two feet a like jump jumping from two feet this is one of my favorite exercises jumping from two feet to a one foot in a sagittal plane and an anterior shift of the viper. How is the client mitigating stress over multiple joints? How is he loading different myofascial lines? How is, how is the body dealing with those, you know, triangulation? How is the body dealing with all those different forces on the body? And that's, like you said, that's not a test. That's not testing that we do. That's not something that you can necessarily quantify, but it's something that, you know, I take notes on and then I have notes for each client. And that's at the end of the day, if I'm honest to myself, um, one of the primary factors that goes into my programming and my, my session design for, you know, recurring sessions with that client rather than their scores or values, which is very traditional, as you said. So the the, it's the old satellite, it's the fairly new saying that the exercise is the test and the test is the exercise. You know, it's that. Exactly. It's that side of things, right? So you're always observing, you're always observing improvement and, scores can get you so far but if they're doing it better even if they got the same score if they did it if they got the same score but they did it better then you know that you're like you say you're mitigating the risk you know they're you're enhancing their longevity because they're loading themselves better more efficiently. yeah that's another really good point actually yeah so it doesn't always exactly. be the improvement on the on that piece of paper Sometimes it's yeah. just improvement in the observation and the feeling and, and how they recover, they therefore recover better. Um, that's, that's, no, you're right. That's like, you know. No, I think you're right. I mean, and, and the, we get that feedback from the clients as well is that perhaps, you know, perhaps their numbers haven't increased. Or, um, and I'm sure, that, you know, every client, you know, I, I, my, I know myself as a, as a player that I'd love to see my scores and my values increase. And, and, and that's a growing area in sports science, particularly in the UK, especially in football, is that people always look at, you know, trying to cover more distance, run faster, more changes of direction and stuff like that. And, and that's by, you know, by no means uh, irrelevant, uh, quite the contrary. However, what is not to be underestimated is the client's, you know, the, the kinesthetic awareness, the, how they feel. I think, wow, I felt like, you know, my, my, I didn't feel like I was overstressing my knees. You know, usually after a session, I feel like 
after a session, I'd have pain and wake up the next morning and have pain in my knees and my lower back. And, you know, after a session with us, they might say, and they might be sort of giving us feedback like, um, you know, oh, I, I feel so great. I feel so, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that stress. And, and that way you can actually, you know, create a certain degree of longevity there for their career by, you know, <laughs> stressing certain structures um, in the correct way and, and, and creating that sort of movement proficiency that we talked about. Great way to tap into the behavioural side then and the confidence side. We know that we know that a, a confident player is a better player in any oh, sport, any activity. Um, you know, I I I love my running at the moment, and when I'm running, feeling confident, then I'm running at my best. Oh, it's a game changer, yeah. And, and you're right, and therefore, you know, me going out on with my particular training and you know, trying to use Viper to stress my technique, you know, specific, I might do some specific bounding work, but the incorporation of Viper to either help load, you know, load an area that needs to be loaded a bit more by the, you know, it could be a simple thing as the direction of hands. I know if I drop my hands lower than chest height, I'm automatically loading my back line or I'm starting to load my glutes. So if I was thinking I'm a little bit lazy there or, you know, or I'm, you know, I need to get a bit more upright when I'm running, you know, I, and that might go for football as well. Then you know what? I'm going to do my drill, my drills. I'm going to keep my viper above chest height. It's simple, something as simple as that, but it does give you oh, no. straight away, start to attach and attach. Like you've said plenty already. It's like real specifics to your, to your training and to, to the exercises. It's not just a squat with a barbell on your back. And no. you know what? You know, does, yeah, right. How's that going to help my player improve them getting their head up and, to, you know, making a pass a bit quicker? It's just, it's just football's and, and any sport and life as well is that movement, our body is so complex and it's, it's capable of achieving so many things in so many different environments, like what you touched on before. It's, to, to narrow that down to just one barbell back, like a, a back squat, it's, it's, it, it frustrates me deep down, if I'm honest, it irritates me because, uh, you know, we know as trainers that that isn't the case, the, the, it's so much more complex than that. But I think, you know, what we touched on before, we shouldn't overlook the subjective feedback. So it's not just always objective data, objective data. We should not overlook the subjective feedback from our clients where we start to, when they start to say, Hey, Joe, I'm starting to feel a little bit better there. I feel like that can really start to coordinate that movement more effectively and thus rotate more efficiently. And that's not to be overlooked. It shouldn't always, you know, be in objective data and that sort of, you know, really scientific approach. But, you know, I think personal training or athletic training is a balance of the two and finding a happy medium between the two between you know that <laughs> feedback that objective and subjective so yeah absolutely absolutely so more specifically right we've got a, so we're in our six-week training program and um you know it's wednesday um where, where where does the viper fit into kind of do you use it for the entire session you know is it a part is you know are there specific parts of preparation you know so we're going through you might, I don't know what your prep protocol or your prep, you know, for me, when I've got clients, there's mobility, then there's stability, and then there's um, a little bit of a kind of a ramp up as far as explosiveness. And that's generally how, uh, how it works. And I know I'll use Viper for some and not for others. What, 
what's it like for you? And then obviously then there's the session itself and then there's the cool down at the end. I mean, where, where does the Viper, where do you see the Viper sitting in? I, uh, we use the Viper at the start of our sessions um, for perhaps the first um, half an hour, hour. And um, I usually start with some sort of reconditioning and, and that's where I try and based on that, um, subjective movement analysis that we were talking about before, when I start to, you know, analyze perhaps the ankle, the hip, the T-spine, I look at the knee as well, the joint coupling between the hip and the knee, and I'll start to hit some reconditioning with that client. So certain exercises that are, you know, rhythmic, very they're slow, but we might be um, looking with a, sp a specific goal in mind that it's task orientated. So the client's thinking about the movement, but deep down, we know as the trainer that we're getting to do that for a certain reason. And there's a goal behind that exercise. So I usually try and start with some sort of slow reconditioning and that forms part of our warm up. Um, and, and once again, that's not particularly, um, that's not a very, that's not particularly a linear approach, you know, to what most people do. I think it's quite different starting it with some slow rhythmic reconditioning movement where we actually get the player to sort of move in different planes of motion and begin to familiarize themselves um, with, with different, different movements. And then from there, we'll begin to progress. So we'll start to go into some stuff like um, some sort of vitality and eventually we'll hit, we'll hit some performance. But uh, I, uh, the focus of our session is always, as an athletic trainer, the focus of our session is always on the physical aspects. So the Viper is always done at the start because we want quality movement and we don't want them to necessarily do that movement under fatigue and form, you know, perhaps uh, inefficient patterns and, 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 you know, motor patterns. So we usually do it at the start and even the performance work is still going to be um, relatively early in the session. After that, we're going to start to put the client into that contextual open environment whereby the ball might be involved, they might be reacting to an external stimulus, um, and they're going to start to move how they would um, in, in a football match. And that's when we're going to see the crossover from the work we've done with the Viper that was very specific, and we're going to see that crossover into the football uh, scenario. The only um, exception to this is when we use it for um, our metabolic conditioning. So if an athlete is you know particularly in the summer when they're trying to get ready for the pre-season which is inevitably an overload of running um we try and look at trying to <laughs> hit certain metabolic parameters and try and um really fatigue the client at, with you know i love tilt series with the viper so getting the client you know moving in different planes of motion tilting the viper and we've got to the point whereby you know we literally can we know a fit client is someone who can maintain uh, a viper tilt in the frontal plane back and forth moving at a relatively high uh, a high intensity for something about 20 seconds we know that you know three four five sets of about 20 seconds and my brother and i we do that we do it ourselves and we know that 15 to 20 is a is a pretty good range by about 20 seconds i think the accumulation of lactate is just a little bit overwhelming but that's the only exception otherwise it's primarily at the uh, first sort of half an hour 45 minutes is the focus of our session so what do you what do your players think about viper you know we talked about <laughs> you use it a lot like it's it's uh it's a funny one isn't it it's hard sometimes it's really hard to sell a viper yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's, it's, that's a... what do they what do they think of it 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great point that you mentioned. I think um, I think the clients are fascinated by by the buy. But I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't expect it because I feel like footballers. <laughs> but if there's a stereotype to footballers that they're quite cool and they're quite you know they're quite they have to do things in a certain way they have to look cool when they're doing it and um and the viper is something very you know something quite uh, you know the concept's been around for a while but i think it's still something that's quite sort of unknown in, in that space and um and it, the way what fascinates me is their first impression is always a little bit shocked um but what fascinates me is is the way they then react to that session after session. It becomes a personal feud where they, whereby they have to master that movement. I've had clients come back in and say, Joe, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to nail down those Viper skaters. I can't get, and like this, I'm talking with a footballer here. Like this is someone who shouldn't know what a Viper skater is, or I've got to nail down that movement in the front or like, <laughs> and, and it becomes like a personal feud. You can see it in their eyes. It's, it's something that they really want to master that movement. Um, and, and it's almost like, a, I think they must associate it with a skill in football, perhaps like, you know, perhaps mastering a certain technical execution of a shot or something like that, which essentially is just a, uh, we know it's just a, a coordination pattern, uh, you know? Yeah. So I think they associate it with that and it becomes to them, I think something quite personal and they, they, they come back in because they want to master that movement because they know it's going to benefit them on the pitch. Um, but the initial reaction is always a little bit shocked, I have to admit, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, you know, I think going back to your point of like, you know, they, they, almost, they almost associate it like they would, you know, the t- you know, in the same way that they'd say, be saying to their skills coach, I, I need to be hitting more free kicks from that particular point, right? Exactly. Why do they do that? Because it's task-driven and it's goal-orientated. And exactly. Viper is task driven. You're you're asking them to do a task, not asking. It's not just an exercise. Exactly. You know, it, it's something outcome orientated. You know, even by them thinking about it being called a skater rather than, you know, it, it just it conjures up something like we said. It's like it just conjures up that 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 real kind of um, real life. Um, <laughs> motivation motivating factor so it's yeah you're right like i I think you nailed it is that it's that it's that task driven um side of it that appeals to those guys that appeals no absolutely I, i couldn't agree more it's something that genuinely like baffled me it genuinely fascinated me um because when i was doing the lmt courses um and uh, I think you, you guys briefly touched on um, how movement with Viper can become a progression in itself, a way to progress clients, retain clients, and 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 develop um, and develop your clients over time. Is it you know the progression isn't now I can hit 20 kg bicep curls for eight repetitions and three sets, but the progression is now I can perform because. I love the fact that once again, I always touch on this, the variability uh, and the, uh, the use of Viper, instead of getting them to do a transverse job, you know, with a, with a rotation of the T-spine, um, I might get them just to start off with just a very simple transverse step and a little tilt and there, you know, and, and, and once they start to see the movement progression, I didn't think it was going to be such a huge determining factor in client retention. 
the, the idea that these clients would become so obsessed with mastering that, uh, you know, task orientated movement pattern that they can see the benefit. This is what I, you know, I tell you about it. They can see the, the crossover to football, but they, they become almost obsessed with it. It's like they want to keep coming back in for sessions to master that movement, that task, because there is a, a final objective and they know that there's, there's an endless amount of progressions that you can go through if they meet the you know, requirements. There's that journey, right? There's that movement journey. Every movement has, like you said, is that variability and that progression scale is just so endless. You know, yeah. the way you hold it from the, the position it is orient, in orientation to the body, you know, you're starting very close or with it in contact with the floor. And then as you get better, you're using more leverage. Then as yeah. changing the hold and just the difference in, like you say, with something like a transverse anything, like yeah. a transverse drop or step, if I hold mm. it offset with my right hand and step left, I get mm. one reaction. If I hold it in the opposite side, but still step left, I get a completely different reaction and a completely different on a muscular level, on a behavioral level, on a balance level, it completely changes things. And I think like it's good to hear that you're you're thinking about that, right? You're thinking about all those real nitty gritty things, which is which is what yeah. is expected of a, a top level trainer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I'll be honest with you. When I first discovered um, the LMT and I went through the the, the, the training, the, the content, I felt like I had finally reached the pinnacle of <laughs> of, of training because I, I started to understand um, how the body reacted to different loads and yeah. how you know, through gravity, ground reaction, um, force, through viper and external load, how the body adapted to that. And then the fact that you can, there's a thousand variables that you can manipulate in so many different ways and thus change the way in which the body reacts to those loads. Um, it, to me, it's just, it, it, it's, it's really fascinating. And it's something that I think the clients enjoy as well is that um, the fact that it's not always the same movement over and over again is the fact that it is so adaptable and so changeable is that you can never get tired of it. It's, it's a constant progression. It's a constant um, journey, as you were saying. Um, but, you know, I, I love the science behind it where we think about the forces applied to the body and how the body, how the body's mitigating all those different forces and stresses and how it's reacting. And that's when you can start to see true closed chain functional movement um, of a client and that movement proficiency, the way the client moves and look at different structures in the body and how, how they react to those loads. But for the client, they're thinking about the task and they're thinking, wow, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm moving like this. I never thought I'd be able to do that. And there's that journey. So, you know, to me, there's a double, there's a double high. There's the client's high, then there's the scientific trainer high that I get up out of it. So, yeah. I mean, we don't need to. I've got a question here saying, "What do you love about Viper?" But I don't think we need to kind of go into that. I think we've. Uh, I think we 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 hear your your kind of passion for for. Absolutely. And and I, what I would say as well is, don't be afraid to, you know, don't be afraid to explore the more strength side of work, but utilize mm -hmm. the foundations of Viper and apply that to a barbell squat. You know, we we yeah. do with FitPro, we do a lot of these exercise explored videos and in these exercise explore videos it's myself or one of our other trainer team um looking at a particular movement but then in the same way that we apply viper applying that with a barbell or a dumbbell or you know and it might be just a squat 
but there are mm. a million different ways you can do it. So yeah, I would encourage you to then you know look beyond Viper for that as well. And it's just giving you now it's giving you that fundamental understanding. Go nuts. No, exactly. You're right. But the, the, the opportunities are endless because once I started to realize how the body, uh, I looked at, you know, when we start to, through LMT, look at functional anatomy and, and, and Thomas Meyer's work through anatomy trains and the, the, the concepts behind that, the fact that the body is all integrated as opposed to isolated uh, and, and that, you know, different movements stress different structures and, and place different loads on the body. I think there really is endless opportunities that, you know, even with, you know, dumbbells, you don't have to, you can make it task orientated. You can you incorporate a crossover step with a reach as if you're reaching around. The, I, I tell my clients that I've got some clients that are just, um, you know, everyday clients. And I might tell them, just imagine you're stepping around the cupboard and reaching in to get the pasta out for lunch. Just saying, oh, get a piece of bread out of the bread bin. You know, it's, it, you can make it task oriented, but you don't necessarily have to use Viper. The concepts are still applicable to every, you know, same exercise, different modalities. The saying, you know, goes and yeah. Cool man. So have you got, you know, we, we, we need to we need to wrap it up. I think you know, <laughs> um, we could talk. We could talk forever. Um, but let's, you know, have you got anything, any burning questions for me? You know, anything that you think the listeners might, might, um, benefit from hearing? Yeah, I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to touch on your approach to, um, sort of cardio, uh, and respiratory training, um, with Viper and, and how I know you have some, uh, you know, some athletic clients yourself, but, you know, even for everyday clients, you know, things like heart rate variability and stuff like that. How do you how do you use Viper to get, you know, a certain, you know, metabolic response from a client and, and to hit certain, to hit certain, you know, sort of goals for, if you will, for a client, because that's something that's still, uh, I think about, um, you know, cardio respiratory training with a Viper. And I think it's not just cardio respiratory training, but there's movement in there. There's proficiency, there's excitation, the nervous system. There's many things going on. How do you see that? Am I, uh, do you have a similar opinion or is it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, like we said, Viper doesn't have a limit to what we, how we can apply it. Um, I think that it comes with a needs analysis first of the client. Um, so if it was, let's, let's talk about a tennis player, let's, let's change the sport. Um, mm. And the first thing is to understand what that, you know, maybe that tennis player has the data um, because they're a, they're you know tied into a specific academy or you know the NTC the National Tennis Centre or something like that and therefore we can get that data of how often they move you know you can break it down like the top players know exactly how many movements <laughs> cover on court and how much of that is frontal how much is sagittal how much is transverse and they know how many forehands and how many backhands and double hands and single hands and overheads and They've got all that data available. So, but if they don't, then, you know, I'll go to common sources to try to uh, find that data because that's, that then for me, that, that is my go-to for then what I apply with okay. my clients. So for instance, you know, if, if the average point, you know, it, you know, in, for my particular player that they seem like their average point is like seven seconds then is there much point in doing a five, you know, a, a, a 60 second Viper drill? Sure. Mm. Do I want to take it down? Yes, I want some buffer room. 
so I might, you know, and then we, then how long rest do they have? What exactly. is the rest between the next point, between the next serve? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know this is a bit of a hashed way of talking about it, but I guess the biggest thing is what are the needs? And I, I always try and stick fairly close, but then maybe buffer out either end. So maybe make it a little bit longer so that, you know, because if I make it, if, if, uh, if a, a, a footballer in a particular position has to cover a certain amount of time sprinting around, the game's in play, they're sprinting, 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 right? Mm. Um, how, how far is that? How long in duration is that? What directions is that? And that kind of informs then what I build as a Viper exercise. Okay. And I might add five seconds to that. I might add 10 seconds to that, depending just on... Just overload, just to sort of... A little bit of overload, just because I want my client... If my client's on the pitch, I don't want them to get to there and be tired. I, want, I don't want them to get tired. I got you. Yeah. I mean, this is real, just me, just keeping keeping things simple. Well, that's what, really exactly what I wanted was your, was your honest opinion, your approach, something yeah. simple, tangible. You know, it is, so I would always, you know, and then if their rest period, you know, their average rest period is 30 seconds, I might knock it down to 25. Because I want them to be ready to go five seconds before they do go. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And it, I think there's no need to sort of dive any deeper into the science there because it's just so it's, it's all you know task orientated. It's all what is he, what is the client doing, and how can I best stimulate that and, and best target that. So I think yeah. you know, I'm me myself. I'm always um, and when I write articles, it's all about application. It's all about how can I how can I think about it simply because I only retain it if it's if it's broken down simply enough. I've done the study, I've read the books, I've read the research papers, I've done the education, but I can't pull on it like that. I I don't don't have, that's not in my capability. So I just keep things really simple and go, okay, look, what what would be the best way? But like, you know, being more specific, you know, if if we're trying to stress a certain energy, if, uh, you know, the big thing with football is football, and people think, well, they, a footballer covers, let's say a footballer covers 12 kilometres in a game, right? Um, therefore, the goal for me isn't to make them run 12K. No, 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 no. Or, or run more than 12K in, in 90 minutes. You know, that's, that would be a foolish way of approaching things um, because we know it's, it's speed endurance, you know? Um, and it's, and it's, it's, it's trying to find that combination is it oh yeah it's power endurance because it's repetitive bouts of power and speed exactly. agility um it's not um it's you know you don't really get that where a player is just running around i know it's, it's, in, it's inherently yeah it's inherently intermittent and variable in nature so to be able to move with viper in different <laughs> different ways and in different bouts as you said surely it's more specific yeah you've got to make it specific and there are certain outcomes and you know what i might make it a little bit more generalized at certain points in someone's particular training period okay um you know just to get some adaptations because we know if we want to get you know if we want to work at the atp system pc system then i'm only going to go for a maximum of maybe 10 seconds but then i know if i want the lactic system i've got to go from there up to you know anywhere up to three minutes it all depends on the person sure. in those lactate systems there's different 
outcomes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I've got a new book which I'm showing you right now for the, the listeners, but you yeah. know, it's it's the application of high intensity interval training, and and it's a good, nice big hardback full of, uh, <laughs> full of yeah. and there's there's lots of different outcomes, um, and you know, it's it's about listening and it's about understanding your player. Absolutely. understanding the person in front of you and and understanding their needs and if i want a little bit of load with it then i'll use viper if, if viper but also viper can get us there quicker <laughs> yeah that's viper, a great thing that's underestimated if I've, got, if I've got a client and they're very good at uh, you know doing a, a high intensity interval run mm. for 40 seconds you know or even like if i'm getting to do like a lateral shuffle yeah sure so five meter lateral shuffle i'm going to make him do that for 40 seconds body weight and they're very good at that and as yeah. soon as you then integrate some some viper in there and i might just add in a 4 kg viper with a yeah. hole or i might add in a larger viper in a tilt series but get mm. them to cover the same distance i know i'm going to get them to the same outcome physiologically yeah. in maybe 10 seconds shorter time yeah and what does that give us? What benefit does that do to the client? Does it give them a benefit? Right, is the first question. Yeah. But if it does, what, what could possibly be the benefits? Well, they're not having to work as much. They're already, a foot, professional football player is already training, like you say, double sessions and yeah. a huge amount. Why would I want to put more duration stress on them when I can actually take the duration down by adding a bit of structural stress to into the thing. So I think, you know, I think we talk, I think the best way for me to sum this up, because I'm going around the houses is stress is stress. And if we have different ways of stressing the body and duration, and therefore, you know, the energy system development um, can be attacked in multiple ways by, different ways, by adding load and the degree of load and therefore the way that we hold or move the viper the viper series the viper hold um and uh, you know and also we know that if i run my player in the sagittal plane and they're just running forwards and backwards yeah so that i can get them to the same outcome a lot quicker by making them go side to side or even in the transverse in like some sort yeah, of the movement as well the body yeah. then knacked a lot quicker you know yeah, exactly exactly that makes yeah. a difference. so i mean yeah, hopefully that in some way. <laughs> no, no, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that kind of answer your, your question, really. Yeah, there's multiple ways to get players to certain to certain uh, outcomes, I think, and, and Viper plays a role in that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I've, you know, thank you for being on it today and uh, on this today. I've really, you know, I've enjoyed this podcast. You yeah. talk with a, with a load of passion. You talk, you, you know, you talk. Yeah. You know what you're talking about, which is fantastic to hear. It's great to hear someone, a coach that has really taken on board the education and that you can hear by the, 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 the phrases you're using and the things you're saying that, you know, it's sticking with you, which is what we want to get out of our education, mm. um, you know, with LMT1 and LMT2. So I think that's yeah. absolutely amazing to hear that. Um, I've, I've taken some things away, you know, from today and, and hopefully our listeners have too. So um, guys, to end this, um, make sure that you do check out Joseph as well as his brother, Jake and the total player. And you can do that on Instagram um, at the total player. 
Um, do you guys have Facebook as well? Yeah, we've got Facebook, uh, Twitter. We've got it's all the same handle at the Total Player. So <laughs> perfect, all the same handle, the Total Player, and you can also check out their website at thetotalplayer.co.uk. Um, so for more education and inspiration, stay tuned to our Viper newsletter, viperfit.com, as well as fitpro.com, and we wish you all a strong week. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy the, today's podcast and see you next time. Thank you.